Welcome to Crossroads. I'm John Arnold, pastor of Crossroads Ministries. Crossroads is a family-oriented ministry that provides programs of spiritual growth for all ages. The church is located on Route 88, one mile south of Trax Farm, between South Park and Finleyville. If you're within driving distance, we invite you to enjoy a service of worship and the Word at 9.30 or 11 on Sunday. Check us out on the web at crossroadsministries.com. Let's open our Bibles today to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, and we're going to begin reading in chapter 20. And as you're doing that, I'd like to invite you to our service. Even this morning, if you're within driving distance of the church, you can jump in the car and still make our second service, which is the 11 o'clock service. We're located just one mile south of Trax Farm, overlooking Mineral Beach. Well, let's begin Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20. But you have not so learned Christ. What is uh, Paul talking about right here? Well, he's referring back up to verse number 17 and verse number 18. So let's kind of put it in reverse here and go up there to verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. You know, when a person becomes a Christian, one of the first dramatic changes that takes place in their life is the way they think. They don't think the way they used to think. Now, they still have a lot of the thoughts they used to have, but but their reasoning uh, becomes changed almost immediately. And as they grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, their thinking takes a dramatic turn toward the thinking of God. For instance, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, Paul said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And what he's talking about there is our attitude, the way we think, the way we approach life. And so Paul is telling these Ephesians, many of, many of them, of course, are converted out of the Gentile world, the people that he... Uh, that he wrestled out of darkness, and he's saying, listen, you just can't walk like the the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. You and I know that the battle that we face in our world is the battle for the mind. That's why we have Sunday school for our young people. That's why we have Bible school in the summer. That's why we do all sorts of things. We have a terrific program in our church on Wednesday night we call Awana, and uh, the kids are memorizing scriptures by the boatload, and uh, we're trying to get them to understand at an early age, placing in their mind the thoughts that are relative to God. Uh, Paul says here, listen, you just can't walk like the world because they're not thinking right. And then in verse number 18, he says, having their understanding darkened, being, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now they can't think right. They can't feel right because their heart is hardened. And in verse number 19, he just kind of like puts some more on them here. In verse 19 he says, Who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness 
with greediness. And you're saying, boy, that looks like what's going on in America today. It sure does. Human nature doesn't change very much through the years. Uh, technology does, but human nature doesn't. And so he's saying now, this. he says, I want you to look back at where you came from. You came out of a world that couldn't think right. You came out of a world that couldn't feel right. Uh, actually, their thinking had somehow polluted their understanding of the things of God, and they became a worshiper of his creation rather than the creator himself. And so this explains a lot, doesn't it? It explains why you and I sometimes look at people and we say, boy, what are they thinking? Well, they're thinking the things they've been trained to think. They've been thinking about the philosophy of the world. What are they feeling? They have no feelings. Well, all of that is preparatory here to uh, this powerful statement that Paul makes in Ephesians 4.21. He says, If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Verse 20 says, But you have not so learned Christ. Uh, whenever I came upon verse number 20 in my study here of Ephesians, uh, I thought of what my mother has told me on many occasions. Johnny, you know better than that. How many times has your mother pointed her finger at you and said that very thing? You know, you, you went out and you did something really crazy and you came home and she said, Now listen, you know better than that. And, and that has a lot of meaning. And what that means is, hey, listen, we taught you the truth. We taught you what to do. Uh, and so you're not living up to the information that we gave you. And that's what Paul uh, is talking about here. He says, you have not so learned Christ. He says, listen, I've taught you better than that. And then in verse number 21, he goes into the various, uh, actually it's the kernel of truth about how they were taught. If indeed you have heard him and been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. He says, you have been taught by the Lord. Now that's so interesting to me because, because uh, we know that, uh, that the Lord Jesus is in heaven. He's in his exalted position in heaven. The Holy Spirit is in our heart. God the Father, no one has seen at any time. And he says, listen, you've been taught by him. What does that mean? Well, if you like to write in the margin of your Bible, I want you to take a few notes right now. It means, first of all, you have been taught by his word, the Holy Scriptures. Because remember, uh, even though the, the church here is in its embryonic form, uh, in its infancy even, uh, these people had the Scriptures. And the scriptures that they had were the Old Testament scriptures. And boy, the teaching of the Old Testament is just absolutely incredible. You know, for instance, when Paul was talking to his understudy, Timothy, in 2 Timothy 3.16, you, you remember those scriptures. He says, all scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, that's for teaching, for correction, for reproof, for instruction, that the man of God may be mature, thoroughly furnished for all good works. 
he said, listen, when you, when you look at the scripture, it's given to you by God. And so, therefore, when we read the scripture and we, we get our information from God, we're being taught by him. And as Paul was going from place to place, he was teaching from the word of God. Uh, you know, I have the Bible on computer, as many of you do, and I just love it. Boy, does it save time. And uh, I was just looking at all the references in the New Testament to the Scriptures. Uh, you know, I punched that in the computer, and boy, there they were right in front of me. And I found in Matthew chapter 21, verse 42, Jesus said, Did you never read in the Scriptures? Matthew 22:29 says, You don't know the Scriptures. And then remember on the day of resurrection, uh, the Lord, uh, these two people were on the road to uh, Emmaus. And uh, the Lord joined them, and the Bible says from the scriptures, he expounded to them. And then after, in their testimony, they said, listen, it was from the scriptures. Uh, he showed himself to us. And so whenever you and I read the Bible, uh, we can claim that we have been taught by the Lord because these are his words to us today. Uh, we need to have a high value for the Bible. Uh, I just love to have our people bring their Bibles to church. Uh, we have this wonderful lady in our church. Her name is Alice Withers. And uh, she told me one time, she says, Pastor, when you get up into the pulpit and you say, let's open our Bibles... I really am at peace from that moment on. Let's open our Bibles. That's usually always my first statement in the church. Let's open our Bibles to a particular passage of Scripture. Uh, we need to emphasize that. We need to try to proliferate the reading and assimilation of the Bible in our churches. Uh, and, uh, and so... How were they taught? They were taught by his word. Uh, the second way in which they were taught, of course, was by the Spirit himself. The Bible says that he is the Spirit of truth in John fourteen seventeen. 17. Uh, he teaches us. Many years ago, I learned to memorize 1 Corinthians two fourteen, And I try to share that with a lot of people. Uh, because that really, uh, I think... Uh, puts its finger on why people can't understand the Bible today. Let me give it to you. Write it down. 1 Corinthians 2.14 But the natural man, the unspiritual person, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because those things are spiritually understood or spiritually discerned. Boy, there is so much truth in 1 Corinthians 2.14. You know, why do people pick up the Bible and come away and say, My, that's just, that makes no sense to me. Well, it's because the Holy Spirit is not in their life. He's the author. He's the teacher of the Bible. And they are without the author and without the teacher. Uh, they are left to their own devices. And that's why many people who use the Bible without the intervention of the Holy Spirit are led astray. Uh, because who knows how to teach a book better than its author, the Holy Spirit. Uh, when I was a young kid growing up in Pittsburgh, in the Sheridan section of Pittsburgh, my mother came home and she said that she announced to my sister, myself, my dad, uh, 
uh, that she had found the Lord. And we didn't have a clue what she meant by that. And uh, immediately she began to read her Bible. Now that was something she didn't do before. She began to read her Bible and she said, Listen, we have to start going to a Bible preaching church. See, the emphasis was on the Bible because she learned about Christ uh, in a religious meeting that taught the Bible. And so uh, she knew that, boy, uh, you know, if I met Christ through the pages of the Bible, I, I want to know more about Christ from the Word also. So he got, she got us a Bible and we began to read the Bible. And I remember she got me a copy and I took it up into my room and uh, I tried to read it. And boy, you know, I could read the words, but I just didn't get any meaning out of it. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Uh, maybe many of you are listening to the program are like that. You know, you you pick it up, you try to you try to get somewhere, and you know you should read it, but you just can't get any meaning out of it. And so I I couldn't get any meaning. I tried and I tried, but I finally just gave up in defeat. Uh, but then one day when I re- actually received Christ as my spirit as my Savior, He sent His Spirit to live in my heart. Wow, the Bible just exploded with meaning for me. Because I, I was placed by God through His grace into another category. And the other category was a spiritual man. A person who was connected by God, not because of his works, but because of his faith. I was declared righteous by God because I believed in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so therefore, 1 Corinthians 2.14 didn't apply to me anymore. Let me give you that one more time. But the... The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. The NLT says, but people who aren't Christians can't understand these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them because only those who have the Spirit can understand what the Spirit means. And so I didn't fit into that category anymore. And I've been in love with the Bible ever since. And, and I, I think probably I weary some people sometimes uh, because of my enthusiasm and my stress and emphasis upon the Bible. Uh, but uh, I'd rather come over that way, I think, than under-emphasizing this most important element of the Bible and the Spirit in his application of the Bible. And so God speaks to me through the Bible The Holy Spirit then takes those words and applies them to my particular life. You know, I can't say enough about this. The Bible is a book for a lifetime. It really is. You know, we just went through the Christmas season here in the church. And I'll tell you what, I I just love it. Uh, Every year the same. It's just uh, new and fresh to me, even though, you know, even though the story is confined to Matthew and to Luke and to the shepherds and to the uh, and to Bethlehem and those familiar topics, God always shows me every Christmas something new in that story, and uh, and I think that God does that on purpose. He does, He wants our spiritual experience with Christ to be fresh and to be new. Uh, when I was going to the Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, many many years ago. We had this old, wonderful Bible professor uh, from Wales. And, you know, he had this terrific brogue. And, and the guy was just an extraordinary Bible teacher who walked with God. When he came in the room, he almost glowed. You know, he almost had a holy glow about him. 
And he, I remember one time he said, he said, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm 70 years old now, and I feel like I'm just starting to get a handle on the Bible. And boy, that really spoke to me because, you know, uh, I've read this book year after year after year after year, and and uh, I haven't come to his place yet. I haven't come to what he just said. I just feel like a, a beginner in the things of the Lord. But in the midst of my beginning, God always has something fresh for me. Uh, it never becomes stale. It's always fresh manna from heaven. And so, uh, so we're taught, first of all, by his word, the Bible. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Then we're taught by his spirit. He applies the word of God to our heart. And then, let's take this thing one step farther, okay? We are taught, thirdly, by his ministers. Uh, you know, remember it was Paul who spent a lot of time here in Ephesus teaching these people. And if ministers are not uh, pontificating, uh, but instead explaining the scriptures, we can say that that's the way God teaches us. Uh, years ago, we had a wonderful family in the church, and they uh, and they found that verse of scripture in the Bible that uh, that says that we don't need to be taught by man. And uh, they uh, they kind of went into a little home Bible study group and. And they thought, well, we'll just teach our, ourselves. We don't really need the church environment. And, and I don't know what happened to that group eventually. But I, I've said this to say this. A church environment is something that God ordained from the, from the time that he said, Upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against him. It is to be the depository of the truth. Uh, it's to be the place where, where God raises up pastors and teachers and evangelists to carry out the work of the ministry to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so, uh, and so, and so you know, as much as we love to hear teachers of the Bible, so many things that they talk about essentially aren't biblical. And, you know, I put, my, I put myself in that category. I'm being hard on myself right now. Uh, you know, we, we tell stories and we give illustrations and we, uh, we embellish and we do all these things. But to me, a real teaching of the Bible has to do with the Word of God itself. And, and uh, one of my contemporaries in the ministry one time said that the best way to teach the Bible is, first of all, read it. Secondly, explain it. And then thirdly, apply it. And uh, and I know that we have to do some uh, some illustrating things, but the, it is the Bible itself that feeds our soul, isn't it? And so and so therefore we can say, listen, uh, we have been taught by teachers who are attempting to teach the Bible. Uh, you know, when I if I go back to my roots in that little church in Sheridan, uh, where our faithful pastor. I don't know what kind of spiritual training he had. Uh, you know, I lost contact with him. I'll tell you what, he was a teacher of the Bible. And I said in our church not long ago that we're teaching the same thing. We're preaching the same thing that he preached 50 years ago. And, you know, that's going to be the same in the future, I hope, in the days ahead. You know, there, uh, there's, God isn't creating any new truth. 
It's all here for us in the Bible. And, and so that means that the pastor or the teachers that come along uh, in advance uh, behind us, they're going to have to open the Word. They're going to have to dig into the Word just like their predecessors and uh, just like the people who came before them. Uh, the Word of God taught to us by the Word, by the Spirit, by, by His ministers. And what does he say here in verse number 22? Now we're going back now to Ephesians 4. 22. That you may put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. He says, listen, you have a new calling. You have to put off, and this is kind of an analogy right here. Take it off. Like you would uh, take off your sport coat. Take it off. Your former conduct, your lifestyle, you just can't live that way any longer. The old man, uh, you know, we, uh, we refer to ourselves sometimes as uh, B.C. before Christ. I've heard people say, well, that, that was my former life. You know, that's, uh, that's a page out of the past. We don't want to go back there. The person we used to be, Paul says, listen, I don't want you to go back there. And the, and the thing that I find very interesting about this one verse here, verse 22, is the fact that, that this old man grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. You know, usually the old life is not static. It's just not the same. It grows corrupt. It grows worse. It, it's it's kind of like something that's growing. You know, you just can't stop it. And it's not growing upward, it's growing downward. Uh, it's not getting better, it's usually getting worse. And I, I like to illustrate that with uh, Psalm chapter 1. You know, you're familiar with that. And that's the positive illustration. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper boy that's good and and we ha- we know the imagery there right here's the tree it's that planted by the water its roots are refreshed its roots just go after that water and grow deep and as a result the roots feed the fruit and the limbs and it just flourishes well I think the same imagery is so with the old life the Bible says here and we're in Ephesians 4 22 it says the old life the old man grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust you know we're good at uh, blaming others for the problems of our life right we use that old statement, the devil made me do it. Well, the Bible has a whole lot to say about the, the deceitfulness that is in our human nature, our fallen human nature. Uh, that's the, the evil nature, the evil heart. Uh, James says, where do wars and fights come from? They come from among you. Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and you do not have. You murder and you covet and you cannot obtain. You fight and war. It comes from within. You know, our worst enemy is usually ourself. 
It's uh, it's our inner self. And so um, it grows. It gets worse. And uh, this is why you see people today who are, are out of control. You know, they just they just cannot resist the great power of the devil, the world, the flesh that comes against them. And uh, they, they become almost like pawns in the devil's hand, pushed around. Now, we need the Lord. We need his strength in our life uh, to stand up to these attacks that Satan throws at us. The devil is a real person. His demonic forces are real angelic forces that come against you and me uh, as we serve the Lord. Uh, but I'll tell you what, we have the victory in Christ. Uh, boy, when I look at my life in retrospect and I look at other people who are coming to Christ today, the victory is in Christ. And you can't go up head to head with the devil and win in any way. You need Christ. He is the great one. He is our victory. And I want to encourage you today to receive Christ as your Savior. Come to Him and be honest with Him and admit your sinfulness and come in repentance and faith to Christ and invite Him into your heart to give you the strength for the journey for the days ahead. You've been listening to Crossroads, the intersection of faith and life. Crossroads Ministries is a family ministry that provides programs of spiritual growth for all ages. If you're looking for a church with exciting challenges for young people, led by a mature staff of trained workers, and Bible teaching that is life-related, Crossroads may just be what you're seeking. Check us out on the web at crossroadsministries.com. Now until we come your way next time, may God bless you and yours is our prayer.